All right. You ready? No, but let's go. Okay, cool. everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. I don't know why I took a sip of my coffee right when you started talking. I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is the moment. Yeah, this is the moment that I yeah. need a little boost. Yeah, but we're back to our regularly scheduled program. Today's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And I'm so glad that we picked Tuesday as our day for the podcast, if only because Tuesday feels like Gilmore Girls to me. You didn't watch it on the WB, did you? I didn't. I would just watch it every single day when I came home at 5 p.m. on ABC Family. Oh, yeah, of course. But I just feel like Tuesdays for me like means Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. even like all of these years later that is not on the air anymore. But it's just like so weird to me to think about like, were you like this where you like associated days with like what TV show was going to come on that night? Like Gossip Girl came on on Mondays, right? Look, I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. Do you think my mom let me watch Gossip Girl? That's a that's yeah. a hard pass. Oh, I really? oh trust and believe I've watched it. I just didn't oh, watch I it know. in yes. real time because um, I wasn't allowed yeah. to do anything. Hi, mom. <laughs> do you remember that really scandalous like photo shoot that they did where they took all of like the negative like parental reviews and put them over like really like salacious pictures <gasps> from like photo shoot have you ever seen that oh I'll have to send it to you you'll love it yeah oh I can't wait I loved watching the show as like a older teenager younger adult college student oh it was great and then coming to New York and watching it oh love it you you got to live on the Upper East Side Hey, Upper East Siders. Like, isn't it hilarious that, I mean, people who live on the Upper East Side are definitely wealthy, but like, I was looking at apartments before I moved to the Upper West Side, and I was like, wow, the Upper East Side is cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Depends on where you are. I was more in like Lenox Hill, like, which is like basically the Upper East Side, but like, I was not like, I was not like near the Met by any means. Of course. You walk by those buildings and you're like, I uh, I do not belong here. I shouldn't even be walking by these buildings. But yeah, no, I just feel like like I now like associate the days of the weeks with like the TV shows mm-hmm. that I used to watch. Mm-hmm. Like Thursdays. Did you watch the like Grey's Anatomy scandal, how to wait to get away with murder how to how to how to murder with getting away? Oh. <laughs> how to get away with murder. Um, I watched those shows. I binged all of those shows. I didn't watch them in real time, oh. but oh Shauna Rhymes. But isn't that weird to think about that you used to like sit down every week and watch a tv show mm-hmm. at the same time for like sure appointment television yes never I, I couldn't even imagine doing that again you know what uh this week in the los angeles times they wrote an article about how it's the first issue that they're going to put out where the tv listings are not in there oh really yeah because it's not happening anymore because network television is really starting to decline is probably the wrong word yeah i, I mean streaming is at an all-time high so i feel like people aren't like waiting for that episode to drop I think the only times that I do that full disclosure is when I'm watching like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise which is the best one or Dancing with the Stars like stuff like that it's like okay great Monday at eight o'clock Tuesday at eight o'clock yeah yeah but other than that episodes of TV shows that I just love like actual written television series not stuff that I wait for anymore I couldn't even tell you something that was on air right like being like whether on broadcast or cable that like is a series right now right it's more like you said reality or like um competition shows like American Idol or The Voice or Masked yeah. Singer anybody a Masked you're saying all fan? these and I'm saying yes you're going like, yes and you're I like watch, I don't watch any I don't of watch these. Because, like, if I want to watch The Bachelor, like, I get that same feeling from, like, reading a really trashy book. Uh, like, I just, you know, like, just just, dif- just different. Oh, it's it's very, very different. I watched – I didn't get into The Bachelor franchise. My first season was 
Peter in 2020, right before the shutdown. Wait, you didn't like start watching it with like the original Bachelorette? No. Haley, I wasn't even allowed to watch Rugrats as a kid. You think my mom would let me watch The Bachelorette? (laughs) Absolutely not. My mom wanted to watch it, so we watched it. I literally watched like the first season live. Uh, Well, Krista, she ended up staying with her husband. I know. They're like the pinnacle of The Bachelorette. Exactly. They're the face of The Bachelor Nation. But I do think that the show is just, like you said, that feeling you get when you read like a trashy romance novel. You're like, yes, give me some of this trashy reality television. Does the plot make sense? No. Are the characters consistent? Not in any way. But is this, am I having fun? Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a silly time. Is the writing terrible? The worst. It's For me, Bachelor in Paradise, because like Bachelor, Bachelorette, you never know what you're going to get. And also, if you don't like the main character, you're kind of screwed because you're like, well, this is the one everybody's fighting for. So here we are. But with Bachelor in Paradise, you're like, ooh, who's going to end up in bed together tonight? (laughs) Who's going to the Boom Boom Room? I love it. So is that what it's called? The Boom Boom Room? It is, in fact, called the Boom Boom Room. But no, I just thought it was funny that like I still associate Tuesdays with being more girls, despite the fact that like appointment television is basically dead now. It totally is. And I'm pretty sure that I'll like always associate with that. So like I love that our podcast comes out on Tuesdays yeah I think that our listeners also really dig that too any of our DMs that are like Tuesday's my favorite day I'm like Tuesday used to be a lot of people's favorite day for Gilmore Girls so that's so perfect and it's like I I think about that all the time I'm like oh what's my favorite like people are like what's your favorite day of the week I don't know do people ask that anymore and like mine has like always been Tuesday and I'm like it hasn't been it used to be actually a very stressful day because I didn't know if Logan was going to be on the screen (laughs) wow um because we know what my focus of this show is um Mr. Logan Huntsberger. What? Um, yeah. Shocking. Which makes a lot of sense because it's kind of like where my TikTok following grew, mm-hmm. which is like brings us into like what we're talking about today because one of my favorite things that people do on TikTok, which I think I've mentioned this before, is when I get mentioned in a comment and I'll go and like see what their exchange was and why I got brought in. Why did I get You're bring- like, how did I, how did I end up here? <laughs> how did I end up in this conversation? <laughs> and it's oftentimes people who made a video and someone will comment saying that Logan is a lot like Lorelai and they'll respond being like, that's ridiculous. Where did you get that from? Like, why would you think that? And then they'll respond with, like, you should watch the playlist on at Haley Detective Emoji's Mm -hmm. TikTok page. And then after that, it's like, usually it goes silent because either they went and watched it or they did not want to hear any more information about this. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that that's why, not why, but that's one of the reasons why we've talked off pod, why I think my TikTok does so well is because it's like a place for people who love Logan and want to appreciate Logan. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the easiest ways to appreciate him is by tying him to a character that people already really love right which you did with Richard really well I know yeah I keep hitching him on the back of other people and being like look I think you could possibly like him and and one of the ways that you did that was with Lorelai one of your TikToks was like here's why I think that yeah Lorelai and Logan are two sides of the same coin and then you continued with that series and I thought that was for nine parts yeah I still have more but like I'm like are people done with this I have I have a new one to add today when we get to talk oh I can't wait Yeah. Well, that was something that we spoke to on last week's episode and in our Mother's Day episode was about how Rory has a tendency to sort of gravitate towards these men who possess a lot of the same qualities as her mother. Because as much as you believe that Logan and Lorelai are two sides of the same coin, I do agree with you on that. I also think that Jess and Lorelai possess some of the same qualities. And I know that in the past, people have sort of 
called into question Lorelai and Dean's connection. Yeah. Which this all makes a lot of sense because there was an interview that I quoted on my TikTok once about how Amy said that people need to stop focusing on the boyfriends because they're more so there to inform the relationship between Lorelai and Rory. Yeah. So it'd make a lot of sense that as Rory starts to date, they're a lot like her mother because like it's going to end up informing the storyline of like she's dating someone who is a lot like her mom and it it like all of it will like kind of like meld together and end up enhancing their narrative for someone like Lorelai to be in Rory's storyline when Lorelai's not there. Right. So let's get into it. Let's start with Deanie Boy. Deanie Babies. Well, <laughs> Deanie Babies. <laughs> I was sitting here, I was like, what? That, that took me a second. Well, Good job. That's, loved it. Nine out of ten. That's a Bachelor franchise reference. Oh. See, that's like when I make Harry Potter references and you're just like, oh, that's a funny turn of phrase that Haley just said. And I'm completely <laughs> glazed over, smiling like an yeah. idiot. Um, that's me. I mean, I don't think that he's like, I, I haven't seen it in the same way that I have with Logan, where I have like tons of instances to reference. Because one of the things that we learn about Dean early on is that Lorelai thinks he's a lot like Christopher. Yeah, she says that in Kiss and Tell to Luke in Josie's. Yeah, and the thing about Christopher and Lorelai, though, is they are very similar. It's interesting that she would look at Dean and think, oh, he's like Chris, because she's probably seeing a lot of herself in him, too. Mm -hmm. And I get that the most, like, evidently when, um, oh, what's the episode where she invites him over? Kiss and Tell. Kiss and Tell, yes. Oh, yeah, it's the same episode. She invites him over for the, for the pizza party, and then he, and then he, like, turns her and he's like, okay, is it my turn to talk? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> if my mom or someone in my family did that, or like did that to the boyfriend and the boyfriend was like, well, now I'm going to talk. And they're like, well, now you're going to leave. <laughs> Bye. Truly. Bye, buddy. Truly. Like, but like, do you not feel like that's something that Lorelai would have done? Like, she's got that like stubborn, like she really only lives in her own head, like by her own rules. And I feel like that was Dean and a lot of ways well I also think that that's because when the writers first introduced us to Dean he was a bit more like angsty mysterious like yeah. seemingly going in a bad boy direction and so I think that they were playing into that a lot at the beginning of the series and then he obviously pivots into a character that is not that at all they want him to be like small town boy who's very innocent and a good guy and like yeah, I think at the nice beginning guy. of the series they did not necessarily want to paint him that way so yeah I do agree that they kind of give him that edge that Lorelai probably had or that a lot of characters speak to Lorelai having when she was his age and he's also really protective of Rory like say what you will about how that comes about whether that's toxic or not he really is and of course like a boyfriend is going to be protective not of course that doesn't always mean that he will be but Lorelai also is like they they are two people who would like go to the mat to defend Rory's honor for sure and I don't necessarily know that Jess would have done that like I don't feel like that same sort of like protectiveness that Dean has that like feels as intensely as Lorelai would have you know what I mean do you feel like Logan would um I don't think in the same way that Dean would. I don't think so either. I think Jess and Logan align a little bit more in that way. I think that theirs is maybe a little bit more healthy. Mm -hmm. If someone's talking smack about their girl, they're not going to just like sit around and like let them do that. Mm -hmm. But like Dean and Lorelai are more on the same like level of which they would like elbows would start to throw. Totally. Sort of energy. Yeah, I hear that. And I think a lot of that goes hand in hand with what we've spoken to before about, about Lorelai kind of stopping the emotional maturity at the age of 16. Yeah. 
her and Dean are the same emotional maturity level. Yeah, in this they're moment. both very stubborn. They're both very passionate, especially when it comes to Rory. And also, yeah. I do think that the two of them, for individual purposes, are kind of in denial about Rory's actual feelings because when she does meet Jess and there is a clear attraction there, Lorelai and Dean both try to convince themselves that she's not gravitating towards Jess. That's true. They are a little bit delusional about Rory. And they lean on each other. It's kind of like a ping pong match trying to get the other one to believe and support that I think it's more Lorelai instilling that in Dean but for the purpose of her feeling better because she doesn't want Rory to end up with somebody like Jess and to that effect I feel like Lorelai and Dean ping-ponging off each other it leads to a really weird chemistry between Dean and Lorelai that like everybody talks about (laughs) we call it into question just a tad like I know that it's Lauren Graham you know she can have chemistry with a brick wall but like yeah it just Yeah, there was always a little ick factor there for me. And someone, my cousin actually sent me a TikTok about it many, many months ago that I just rewatched. And for me, it's that moment. Was it from Ashling? Was it one of hers? It might have been. But it's the moment in season two, episode one, where Dean comes over for the first time and he's in the kitchen. After the breakup? Mm -hmm. And she's wearing wearing glasses glasses in the scene. And she's like, we missed you. And he's like, I missed you guys too. And she's like, no, we really really missed you and I know it's her trying to convince him to go outside and change the water bottle but out of context out of context it feels like Rory's bed is about to get used for the first time for real like (laughs) I hated having said that I'm so sorry everyone actually no I'm not because that's what it felt like yeah it felt like they were gonna kiss the same energy was there when Rory and Dean broke up like for real for real and Lorelai said it didn't mean that they had to be broken up and I was like oh yeah in deep fried Korean Thanksgiving. You're right. Yeah. I actually wrote that down as a moment for me. If we're talking about like moments that were endearing about their relationship, there was something endearing about that in that like when you go through a breakup with somebody, you kind of feel like you have to break up with everybody who's affiliated with that person sometimes. And so I did I did think that it was really mature of Lorelai to be like, look, you don't have to avoid me. Like we were pals. Yeah. You were, you know, integrated into my home and kind of the fabric of my life because you were dating my daughter. You don't have to feel scared to be around me or feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But I do hear where you're coming from that like, oh, yeah, like we don't have to break up, Dini. You can come change my water bottle later if you want to. Yikes. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love it, but, like, there was, like, a degree, like, I'm pretty sure if I was watching this show now, like, I feel like I need to find someone who's my age, who's never seen the show, and make them watch it and be like, do you think these two are going to kiss at some point? Like, what's your vibe there? Yeah. I know the show too well. I know that they're not going to kiss, but you tell me if you think they are. But I'm not going to tell you that. But I feel like you're right. His his kind of, like, role in the show changes a little bit because, like I said, like, it feels like these boys are kind of reflecting Lorelai. So it almost feels like when Nick and Norris and Nancy comes up dean kind of takes a little bit of a step back and like he's still got that really like angry stubbornness but it changes shape a little bit and it kind of seems to be they pass that on to jess and like he starts to have the qualities but we're getting different qualities because it feels like you can relate adult lorelei to teenage dean because like that's where her emotional maturity is but when jess comes on i feel like we're getting more so like teenage lorelei dealing with adult Lorelai and that's kind of where that similarity between Jess and Lorelai exists exactly they're both very stubborn very defiant 
And yeah. the thing is, we don't really know much about Lorelai as a teenager outside of the storytelling through people in her life, like her mom and her dad and Mia. But then we get a glimpse of it in Dear Emily and Richard. Right. And that's it. Everything else is based mm-hmm. on what either Lorelai has shared with us or the people who knew her when she was a teenager have shared with us. So it's yeah. kind of hard to discern like how she would have been because it's all us inferring how she would have been through this character. Yeah. And she's super unreliable in how she's relaying this. Well, what's interesting about the fact that you brought that up is like that's one of the things that I wrote down about how they're very similar is that I do feel like Lorelai is an unreliable narrator at times. And one of the things that you have also been really passionate about is when Jess comes back in season six, let me hear your belly link is ringing out. He's an unreliable narrator in his relationship with Rory by being like, I know you better than anyone. Yeah. That's him telling his own story from his own perspective and being an unreliable narrator. And in that regard, it kind of left me being like, oh, Lorelai and Jess are very, very similar in that capacity in that like when he comes to her in season four and he's like, run away with me. Your bags are packed. I knew that you were the person for me the minute I saw you. It's like, dude, you are like telling a story. And I say this as a team Jess stan. It's like you are telling a story that like does not exist anymore because so much time has passed and because that caters to your narrative. Lorelai does that too, especially when it comes to her relationship with Rory. I had never considered that as a parallel to partings before. That's interesting, like where she is coming to him. And like it is extremely different because she isn't like a... She's in an active relationship with Luke. Jess and Rory left things on such like such ambiguous terms and then she felt like she had to get over that on her own and he was clearly still pining for her this entire time. Yeah and I think that one of the most unrealistic parts of season four is how little Rory was pining for Jess because like I have to say like if if season, if the end of my season three was me and Jess ending that way, my whole season four would have been recovering an monologue about Jess. Yeah, I would have been completely like consumed, consumed by, by that. Yes, and I think that like we get that. And as much as I don't really like season seven, we get that a lot from Lorelai because she does have these like intense like missing Luke moments, and it's it's a lot more apparent because Luke is in town. Luke lives there. She runs into him a lot. Yeah, so it makes sense that like. Rory wouldn't have like she has other things to focus on you know she's in college now she doesn't see Jess but I just felt like it would have gotten brought up more yeah the way that that was handled was very very strange in my opinion yeah. but on the writer's end because we just don't hear about it and for me I'm sorry she didn't just get over that relationship yeah she didn't and I can totally see that that is exactly like Jess did the same thing that Lorelai did when they're like at this peak that like Luke like led Jess to like believe that like this was the love for him because he read his he read his little love book mm-hmm. and that in the same way that like Lorelai talked to Jan from the office outside of her mom's house mm-hmm. in her car. What was her name? Carolyn? Yeah. Linny, for those in the know. Even when they're overlapping within the season, though, it's a lot that's like similar that's going on between the two of them. Because I think we brought this up in the Mother's Day episode about when Lorelai goes outside to, I don't know, kind of pal with Jess a little bit and like be like, oh, I've been there. Like, I've been like the angry teenager. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to like, you know, like kind of like lead him back to like lead him back from the direction that he's headed in with this you're outside yeah. and angry and she's trying to be his pal and I think that if someone had been tried to be or like if like an adult who was friends with her parents or her parental figure tried to be a pal with her as a teenager she would have reacted the same way maybe not as aggressively it might have been a little more clever yeah. um, a little more wordplay involved but she definitely would have had the same reaction I completely agree 
Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my desk recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement.
And that's really the first time that we get any sense of understanding that they could be similar people. Lorelai's the one to sort of lead us there, right? She's like, you know, this is really sarcastic. The world can bite my ass bit. I've been there. My parents don't get me bit. I've been there. So like, she's the one telling the audience, like, I'm you. I used to be you. And as the series continues to unfold, I think that we do catch glimpses of that. But... Mm -hmm. That really sets up their relationship to be super contentious. And I don't think they ever really come back from that. In the revival, you can tell that there's a mutual understanding between the two of them that like now they have to yeah. be in each other's lives specifically but because she's marrying Luke. But yeah. Because you know, when, remember when she told her that she was like, Jess like told her to write a book and she's like, oh, great. Jess Mariano is the one that inspired you to write this book about me. Like, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. But what was interesting was in the last scene between the two of them, right before Jess looks back at Rory through the window and they're sitting there and Luke is putting on his tux for the wedding. Yeah. I love the moment between Luke and Jess where he's like, you're a good looking man. You're hot. Like Randy Gerber hot. <laughs> and then like they're sitting there and Lorelai comes in a little later and she goes, you look hot. And Jess goes, Randy Gerber hot. And she goes, yeah, Randy Gerber hot. And I was like, oh, I loved that moment between the two of them because we never get that. We rarely no. ever get endearing moments between Lorelai and Jess because their relationship started off on the porch with her trying to connect with him in a way that I do think he took as like very condescending and she was trying to be super relatable. And it's interesting because I feel like part of the reason why Lorelai got such a bad rap as a teenager is being like so, I don't know, rebellious. Defiant, yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's how like her adults, the adults in her life were talking about her, I imagine. And so now we get that where like Lorelai is kind of the one that's spreading this about Jess, where it's like, he's not really doing anything that bad. He's stealing baseballs. He stole a gnome. He did a chalk outline. Like we've talked about before, like he's literally not peddling drugs to the kids of Stars Hollow. Right. Like it's Lorelai who's kind of pushing this narrative a little bit. Well, what's interesting about this is that I feel like she only pushes the narrative to like specific people, like Luke, Rory sometimes her mother yeah but when it comes to the actual town remember that town meeting they're having about jess and luke and lorelei mia yeah. and rory all walk in in the ins and outs of inns and luke is all like riled up because he wasn't invited and they're all talking about him and the townies are all kind of like interjecting with things that jess did <laughs> and lorelei ends it by going i heard he controls the weather and wrote the screenplay to glitter and it's like she's yeah. totally <laughs> like <laughs> I worked with the director of Glitter on a project. Once. Did you really? You yeah. fancy lady. It's just one of those <laughs> things, though, that I feel like Lorelai is trying to add humor to it. Like she could have absolutely chimed in in a very realistic way. And instead, she's like, OK, let's get the tar and the feathers out. Like yeah. she's very she doesn't do that. I don't think to the town. She does it but more you know privately. That reminds me of it reminds me of Jess. When someone comes into Luke Steiner freaking out and, you know, he's in the background making little quips about it. Yeah. Like, Totally. They are one and the same. Yeah. And like also to the point that like they're both so smart. I wrote like, that down too. Brightest in her class. Yeah. Like Richard talked about that and Jess, like if he would just, as Rory says, like apply himself, he could be, you know, top of the class, but he just, he. It's a choice like not to it. be. And that's, I don't know that Lorelai, we we'll never really know if Lorelai made that decision. Like it doesn't seem like she ever really cared about school, but we don't know if the reason that she didn't graduate at the top of her class was because she got pregnant and ended up leaving. That's what I imagine. But it's completely inferred. You know, it's not something we yeah. actually know. It's not something that anybody sure. actually says. Like you never tried in school or you never wanted to apply yourself in school. That's never spoken to, at least that I can recall on the series. It's more Richard saying like, my 
daughter, the brightest in her class, was pregnant and leaving school. That seems to be the reason that she left, less that she didn't want to apply herself, whereas Jess does not care about school. He is so smart and yet does not have any vested interest in pursuing an education. He would rather work. And that's also something that he and Lorelai have in common. I don't know that Lorelai would rather work, but she didn't take anything that was handed to her. Like when Luke tries to hand Jess the opportunity to work at the diner, it's still work, but like he's like, no, I want to go work at Walmart. Lorelai really wanted to work her way up at the inn. Like that is something that they definitely have in common. That they have have this like need to like prove that they can make it themselves yeah. without anyone helping them. Yeah. And I do think that some of that comes from like the variety of parental struggles that they had. They had two completely different upbringings, but yeah. they both have very internalized struggles with their parental figures. And it seems to me that the people who are their pseudo parents are the ones that actually end up helping them grow as individuals long term in the way that Luke yeah. allowed Jess to grow and Mia allowed Lorelai to grow in two very different ways but that's really true yeah that their actual parents were not the ones who eventually they come to this relationship with their actual parents that is more of like a mutual understanding that Jess is a lot less like inflammatory towards Liz um, as he gets older but then Lorelai ultimately is but you're right their pseudo parents are the ones that have like a lot more to do with their growth but I will say one of the major differences between Jess and Lorelai in this like struggle that they have like you brought up the fact they both really want to work is that Jess really did have to work you know he like Liz didn't have like anything to her name he had to come and live with his uncle who like he has he has extra money but like you know he owns a diner yeah whereas Lorelai was coming from this like wealthy world where like she was so privileged and she ultimately left it and left that behind and but she still has access to it Mm -hmm. and can take from it and so there is this like struggle that a lot of people have with her being like seen as like quote-unquote working class because like she up until the pilot it seems from what we can understand has never accepted money from them Mm -hmm. but she still had that to fall back on yeah you know like she didn't have to like Rory didn't have to not go to Chilton she still had access to that which I think is why a lot of her struggles really align with Logan's Mm -hmm. because of like you're able to take both of them see how privileged they are and look at the struggle within that because I think you can't like dismiss that both of them are struggling in like a very like their point of view here is like you know they're never going to want for anything Mm -hmm. if they if they want it like she doesn't have to you know Lori doesn't have to go to community college and save up to go to Yale that's just something that happens and I think that their struggle I can identify because you can like zoom in on it within this like greater scope and see that they're having something similar whereas like I think Jess's is like less so his is more of like a genuine struggle that he has yeah and here comes the son when he goes to California and he meets his dad or he sees his dad yeah and he's kind of in a sense like begging him to take him under his wing and Jimmy's like man like I don't have anything to offer you and Jess just breaks down and he's like you have nothing I have nothing that was where we really discovered that like Jess does not have a fallback option and you're right Lorelai always had her parents their financial support if it was ever needed if she ever reached a point like she does in the pilot where she needed it Logan has that same privilege as well his parents despite their very contentious relationship will always seemingly always support him and Lorelai and Logan align in that way 
very very deeply and I think one of the ways that they are like really similar is like how trapped they are in that that they don't see this as like like an opportunity that they have to have this privilege it's the people that are around them have like put them in kind of this little like gilded cage to keep them there Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of like where they're where they're like they align on their rebellious tendencies is because of the people that have that are like keeping them there because like I of course have this series on TikTok where I make like very distinct parallels between like moments between Lorelai and Logan and one of them is like of their mothers because it's like because they are so intense about who they'll be with Mm -hmm. like she we talked about this in the last episode where like Shira is like uh you need to be with that Fallon girl you need to be with someone who's not gonna work you need to be with someone who's gonna be a lot like myself she doesn't come out and say that but that's what she means and Emily feels the same with Lorelai it's like it doesn't matter how Lorelai feels about it she wants to choose who she's gonna be with she's gonna go to Chris and fuck up Lorelai's life regardless of how Lorelai feels about it because she feels like she knows better yeah which is interesting because <laughs> to that end of Lorelai ending up with somebody who's like her mother and her encouraging her towards Christopher you've also made a lot of comparisons about how Luke is Emily in a baseball cap <laughs> yeah Totally. So the Absolutely. irony of her ending up with someone like her mother, but just not in the same like class as her mother yeah. is very, very ironic. Which we could argue then that Logan ends up with someone like his mother because like we have to assume he's going to marry Odette. Like You're totally we don't know right. that for sure. But the person that said yes to his question, unlike Miss Laura, Miss, I'll say Miss Laura like Gilmore, but that is actually right. Miss Rory Gilmore is Odette, who is, I think she's a French heiress. That's Did the, that no, you didn't. That's the, okay. that's the information we're given. Okay. I haven't seen the revival that many times either because um obvious reasons um (laughs) we all know if you know you know yeah the girls who get it get it yeah but there's just like even like when it comes to like not only like what their moms want for them there's a lot of instances of logan and lorelei saying the same lines there's this it's i forget what episode it is but it's when michelle's mom is coming and he's missed her and she lorelei goes oh that's a foreign concept to me Mm -hmm. and then in i think i mentioned this in the mother's day episode in 21 is the loneliest number when logan's like i know you miss your mom that's a hard concept for me to grasp and so it's just like they repeat the same lines whether that's in the same episode like in say something um in season five when Rory she wakes up at Logan's dorm and she needs to go to Stars Hollow because Suki calls her and she says my car's at the dealer and he says you take your car to the dealer they so rip you off there and then later when she's in bed with Lorelai and this that they are in bed but that's that's yeah that sounded a little like that's Dean and Lorelai (laughs) yeah They are just laying They're in bed. They're just laying in bed together. It's um, a mother-daughter thing. And she told her that um, she had borrowed a friend's car. And she's like, Here, take your car to the dealer. They so rip you off there. Yeah, they do that a lot. And I I noticed it specifically in that episode because it's so easy to notice in that episode. Yeah. And I think they set it up in like a pretty obvious way. Yeah. But I have a question. But that leads me to a very important question that I want to pose to you about Lorelai and Logan. Yeah. Do you feel like... There are so many parallels between the two of them, not just story-wise, but also dialogue-wise, because the writers were trying to parallel them in a way that they didn't with her past relationships, because, like, Logan is the only one of Rory's boyfriends that doesn't come from Lorelai's world as well. Because, like, I would argue that the relationship that Lorelai and Logan have is much more distant than the ones we've seen between Lorelai and Dean and Lorelai and Jess. Because we get to see that more because they're from the town, whereas Logan is a part of Rory's yeah. world. He's not really a part of Lorelai's world. So do you feel like the writers did that to not only parallel them as like Rory dating someone who's a lot like her mother, but 
to parallel them and to kind of connect them in a way that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. To that point, like complete aside, it was always so weird for me that they were together for three seasons. Like there were chunks of time that they weren't together. And it took till like one of the last like five episodes of the series for Logan to end up in Stars Hollow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like Like, they never really, I feel like they never really put Logan in Stars Hollow in Lorelai's world. Like we see the two of them interact, you know, obviously at Wedding Bell Blues. That's the first time that it's like, oh, hello, Logan. Um, But like Lorelai has to put herself in that equation when she goes to Friday night dinner and how many crow pogs to Cape Cod. And then like, yeah, after that is kind of when we start to see moments between Logan and Lorelai, but very sporadically. And I totally understand why she doesn't like Logan. Like, it's so clear to me that like if this guy was someone who was in my life and all of these things were happening, my family would take a group text, completely delete me from it and start roasting this man. <laughs> like they would, you know. Yeah. And it's like also that thing of like Rory is that friend where like she only complains to you about her boyfriend. And then when you're like, wait, no, he's great. What do you mean? And it's like you've only told me bad things about this guy when he leaves you. Like when you're crying on the floor, it's like you haven't told me about all of these sweet moments that you have. So I don't have the same perspective. Yeah, because that's kind of all we get throughout season five. And I realize that it's kind of them. It's really Rory meeting Logan, then pivoting out of her relationship with Dean, pivoting into this like friends with benefits thing with Logan and then ultimately ending up with him. But the only moments that Lorelai is seeing is like the friction between Logan and Rory because like all she's getting is this man's family doesn't think that you're good enough. This guy wants to date other women. Like tell me the appealing things about this guy. (laughs) And then she ends up in jail. Like my family group text would be popping off if I ended up in jail with a boy. Like they'd be like, she's never seeing him again. And and then of course, like she doesn't talk to her for I wish I could remember the exact time because it's like six months, five weeks and 14 days or something. Mm -hmm. And it like doesn't make any sense because it actually ends up being like seven months and three days or something like that. I can't remember the exact. Yeah, the way that it's phrased is really bizarre in um just like Gwen and Gavin I can't remember the exact amount of I want to look it up I know because it's like it literally ends up being like or seven months and three days all right so the actual amount of time that Lorelai issues Logan if this is actually how long it was because this is I will never unhear how weirdly this was phrased because she says she didn't speak to me for five months three weeks and 16 days 16 days equates two weeks and so sets two two weeks and two days So it would be five months, five weeks, which would be six months, one week and two days. Yeah. Why? Every, (laughs) every single time she says that I wanted Logan to be like, okay, well that was dumb. (laughs) That every time she says it, I'm like, it would have been so easy to be six months, one week and two days. Every time she says it, I'm always like, that was incorrectly phrased, but okay, let's move on. I understand you're passionate. Let's go. That was that was always so strange to me. But um, at the end of the day, like if a boy caused all that, my family would not be particularly happy with him. So I can really see why. Oh, I fully understand why she didn't like him. But that's because like there was so much time and so much space between her and Rory. That leaves a lot of opportunity for her to build a narrative in her own mind about what Logan could have said about her, how he could have encouraged her not to reconcile with her parents, even though that wasn't the case. He also wasn't discouraging her from going back to school. And I think that because they don't ever interact 
as consistently as we saw her interact with Dean and Jess. She doesn't know how much she and Logan are similar and want similar things for Rory. And what was interesting to me that like once Rory and Logan got back together and like after Friday Night's Alright for Fighting, the next episode is You've Been Gilmored, which she's like, you should take your dad to school. I felt like that moment should have been replaced with, I want to meet Logan again. Like, I felt like that should have been like, why don't you invite Logan to Stars Hollow since you guys, like he came here, he stopped in. Why don't you show him the town? Why doesn't this like be the moment that Logan meets the town that like, this is that episode. I was always so confused why it was then focused on Chris because I know that Lorelai's storyline was then going to be about Luke and the Friday night dinner um, and learning about this thing happening with Rory from someone else. But I just always thought that that was going to be, that would have been like the perfect moment for Logan to come back and like meet her because I feel like them, like, like you said, they felt so similarly about Rory dropping out of school. And that's one of the like similarities that I have between the two of them that I think is most notable, which is when she's dropping out of school or after she's dropped out of school, Mm -hmm. depending on which one it is, because her reaction to both of them is the same, but like from different perspectives Uh, in a house is not a home and they're sitting outside at Weston's. But she says, Lorelai's like, always wanted to go to Yale. She said, I wanted to go to Harvard. She's like, go to Harvard, go to Princeton, go to Columbia, like stay in school and figure out what you do want to do. And she's like, you didn't go to college. You don't understand. And she's like, yeah, I was never lucky enough to do that. And then let me hear your Valenka's ringing out. She's framing the same thing to Logan. She was like, you don't know what this is like because you have opportunities that people would kill for, including me. And he's like, no one's stopping you from making whatever you want happen. Go into journalism, go into politics, be a doctor, be a clown, do whatever, like make whatever you want happen. And she was like, well, it's not so easy for me because you get everything handed to you and she's kind of like positioning herself to these two people that like you have no idea what I'm going through where it's like she's talking to two people who are like very trapped in the choices that they make which is exactly what Logan says he says there's one door and I'm being pushed through it yeah Yeah. you try living without options I have no choice and it's the same thing for Lorelai where like a lot of people argue that she did have choices which is like kind of like the point that's here is that she could have gone back to her family she could have like taken her like back to the Gilmores and like gotten the help that she wanted but like that wasn't the life that she wanted for her that wasn't the life she wanted for Rory and the best way for her to move forward was to create the life that she did in her mind and like that's the best that she could have done and here's Rory like oh you don't understand and it's just like Rory this is so like how are you going to do this to this person like the one of the only people who's really only supported you your whole life And then the same thing with Logan is like, I've talked before that I think it was a really good move on Logan's part to be the only person that was supporting Rory through this because like she very clearly like said what she needed, like, which was a break and to not go back to school. So he wasn't pushy about it. He was like, I think you do need to go back to school. I'll give you a month. And then when a month was up, he said you went beyond a month and don't blame me. I have nothing to do with this. But she still threw it back in his face. It's like, you have so many choices. And like, she of all people should see how like hard this is that he doesn't have any. And it's like their reaction to that is like so similar and I would have like loved to have them to have commiserated over their Rory Gilmore pain which they never would have well don't you find that interesting that a lot of characters that are very parallel in this series sometimes don't really interact as much as we would like to see them interact like we were speaking to this on the Mother's Day episode Mrs. Kim and Emily they're very similar and we never really get a lot of them together because the world would explode if they were too close but I feel that (laughs) way kind of about Lorelai and Logan like them both serving very similar purposes in Rory's life in two very different capacities but having very similar parallel opinions on the way that she chooses to live her life and the choices that she makes within that life um 
I think is very fascinating. I had never thought about it from the perspective that like one of the reasons that they are so parallel and like there's like a lot of repeating lines between the two of them is that they don't interact much. So you're getting you're getting it like in different in the glimpses like in Say Something it was really set up like that in the same way that like the first episode that we did with the article that Dean did not read and that Logan did where it's like within the same episode so it's very intentional in that regard. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense and it's really really wonderful i love it but i do have one point about logan and lorelei that i've never talked about on my tiktok before because i haven't been able to like distill it into you know like 60 digestible Mm -hmm. seconds that i want your opinion on and if this is too far reaching because it's that same sort of thing of what we were talking about before of like they don't have a lot of choices in their life and we can get into this in a whole logan huntsberger episode because you know that i have a ton of thoughts about how his character arc um stems from the idea of choice and something that i was thinking about when I watch um, But I'm a Gilmore when he comes back at the end of the you know like he leaves her at the dorm after the explosive dinner and then he comes back I think that another way that they are similar is that their first real adult choice was Rory that they like keeping Rory in their life or like making a new life for Rory because when Lorelai was 17 and she decided to run away from home she did so a lot of people would say selfishly but I think that if she was truly selfishly running away she would have left that baby at her parents house like if she truly wanted to do this for herself she wouldn't have taken Rory with her yeah and she chose to take Rory and create like a new life for her and it was her first real like decision that she made that impacted her life in a big way and it's very very different the way that Logan does it but after that dinner he he could have left he could have you know but he's as he said before he's trapped he all he sees is one door and he's being pushed through it and everything up into this point of his life is like very rebellious and you know all of the choices are kind of being laid out for him that he's not making any of them he's just reaching those like checkpoints in his life so like he's sinking yachts and dating tons of girls but it's all to rebel against like within this as we said like kind of gilded cage that he's in Mm -hmm. a little bit sounds really terrible to say but that like it's true like he's like really he tells us a lot that he feels trapped in his own life but when he comes back because like you kind of if you're kind of watching the show and you see logan leave rory at her dorm room after this explosive dinner she's like i'll call you tomorrow he's like uh yeah you're kind of like wow i don't think we're ever gonna see this guy again i think that's the last of that buddy yeah (laughs) bye (laughs) bye logan bye logan it was good seeing your face I completely agree with you. I think that they're both very parallel in that like the gut reaction to the kind of ultimatum that Rory does issue at the beginning of But I'm a Gilmore because she says it's not an ultimatum. And to be honest with you, I do believe her. I think she's just like, look, I can't do this. I'm not built for this. It's an ultimatum in that that is... You, it's, it's one, one or the other, other. Like, but she wasn't she yeah. wasn't saying you need to be my boyfriend or I'm walking she was saying I can't do this anymore because I just it's not yeah. right for me let's just be friends it's cool but I don't I I personally don't and this might be controversial I don't think that she was doing that to bait him to be her boyfriend I think she was oh, just saying I don't think so either. I'm done I can't feel this way I can't be lying yeah. on my bathroom floor drunk with my mom holding my hair yeah I got so drunk yesterday because I was upset about you I can't um, feel that way anymore which like more power to you girly totally and Logan says you know what okay fine I'll be your boyfriend. I can do this. I can be your boyfriend in the same way that Lorelai was like, okay, you know what? I can do this. I can be a mom. Yeah. I'm going to do this. 
But that wasn't necessarily the hard decision to make. The hard decision to make was actually following through on that choice. So like Lorelai following through on being a mother in the best way that she could is very parallel with Logan choosing Rory and saying like, I know I said I was going to do this, but like I am actually going to do this. Yeah, because I think that that moment when he comes back to her dorm room is like so overlooked unless you're like deep in the Logan lore like myself Mm -hmm. because he comes back and it's like, he's like, I'm sorry, I really overreacted because I think that Rory's been in a lot of situations with past boyfriends potentially where like something happens, they storm off or like she gets into a fight and it doesn't really resolve very clearly. He's like, I overreacted. This was a very intense evening for me. And we're like, yeah, Logan, it was very intense. He was like, but... I overreacted and go get your coat. I'm going to take you to dinner. Like shouldn't have done that. And it's like in that moment, like wherever he went or whatever he did, it was very clear that he could have been like, that was too much drama. I made a mistake this morning when I agreed to uh, take this girl (laughs) as my girlfriend. I think it was like the first decision that he made, like outside of what his parents wanted like not on this path for him because they clearly don't think that this is on his path to be with Rory Gilmore but more so it wasn't to rebel against no it was to do what he wanted to do the way he wanted to do it and that's very similar to how Lorelai was like I'm having this baby and you know what I want to raise it on my own I gotta go yeah it's very different situation I love that though Haley I think that's an incredibly deep very um what's the word I'm looking for evident that I think about this show too much no it's a it's a very (laughs) deep connection that they have that I never ever thought about that they both choose Rory that's one of their first major adult decisions is choosing a relationship with Rory in two very different ways there's literally so much about Logan in terms of like because I do think that like thematically or like his overall like if you could apply a word because I think you could actually apply a word to each of these characters and I think that Logan's his choice and we'll have to get into that in like a Logan Huntsberger episode because I literally have so much to say mm-hmm. on that that like my brain is like turning so quickly right now that like I literally have so much to say on that so we can revisit all of that in a whole episode but yeah I think that that's one of the biggest ways that him and Lorelai are tied together is because like ultimately they want the same thing for Rory and I ultimately think that that's why she like when they like my favorite moment between the two of them because we don't get a lot between the Mm -hmm. two of them as we said even though he totally should have gone back to Stars Hollow earlier is when she gives him that letter oh yeah on the dragonfly stationery to give to Rory yeah when she says the five months uh three weeks and 16 days it's in that moment something about him that she hated why did she give him that Mm. letter like what was it about it that like was it because he just like came begging like this is the first time that like a boyfriend had like really like bared himself to Lorelai like you guys are probably gonna laugh about this for years to come but like I'm going for broke here and he knew that that was like the only way like because he had tried coffee carts and flowers and Harry and David this is what I learned what Harry and David was and Mm -hmm. then in my next job I really got to know Harry and David (laughs) Yeah, I love that moment between the two of them. That's easily one of my favorite Logan, Lorelai moments because, I mean, that letter, the actual contents of the letter have been released on social media, right? There was Mm -hmm. like a a tweet Uh about it. It's actually in the WB tour because I've, have you ever been on the WB tour? No, ma'am. Oh my gosh. Okay. Just a quick side note. I went for like a school trip in college and like we got split up into two groups and we ended up with a group that was like kind like the other group was like our entire school mm-hmm. group and then we got split up into one that was like a little bit like a people other people as well like that weren't a part of us and those people were really into the big bang theory mm. so the other group got to drive by Lorelai's house and we got to drive by Jim Parsons parking spot oh and my god when I found that out I like 
I think I was frozen in time for like three days. So I do want to go back. But yes, it's on the WB tour and someone had taken a picture of it. And I didn't know that it existed until last year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it surfaced, I want to say a couple years ago. And I read it yeah. during the pandemic. And I was like, oh my God. No, I had never seen it before. I did this TikTok of the scene where Rory is reading the letter in front of Logan. And on the screen, I put the contents of yeah. the letter that I'm going to read to everyone now, either if you've read it or if you haven't. This is from uh, just like Gwen and Gavin when Logan brings this letter to Rory that Lorelai's written. Lorelai wrote, Dear Rory, so right now you are reading my sealed words of wisdom as the tormented, foolish, but persistent cad hangs off every nuance of your reactions, his heart and mind in a dizzying flurry of questions as to how the outcome will play out. As you read this, delight in the knowledge that this lovesick pup before you does not have a clue. Now, ordinarily, after a fool has taken my daughter's love for granted, if I did not kill him through a slow and excruciatingly painful death, I would instruct my daughter, much like Miss Havisham did to Estella in Great Expectations, to be cold-blooded and calculating, to dash his hopes and to crush him. However, the decision is all yours to make. Love is elusive and all-encompassing. When you fall under its intoxicating spell, you have little recourse but to live out its devices. If you love this boy, maybe you want to give it another chance. Question mark. Good luck. Love you, Mom. I love it. For some reason, her, her signing that letter Mom makes me want to cry a little bit because <laughs> I'm like oh it's, it's mom it's my yeah. mom and a lot of people said that this didn't feel very Lorelai to have said this but I feel like it really sure. is I think it's dripping with Lorelai did they For think sure. maybe there weren't enough like sarcastic quippy comments maybe that but I also feel like a lot of people don't think that she would have been this endearing to Logan mm. but I don't know I feel like if she's gonna write a letter to, to Rory about this like something that Logan said put this like in her to write yeah. this if you love this boy maybe you want to give it another chance really like when you fall under its intoxicating spell you have little recourse but to live out its devices I just like I could just quote the letter back completely because it's just so it's very nuanced and I think that yeah. what it says about Lorelai and Rory's relationship is that like Lorelai I think for as many times as she tried to force her daughter down a specific path when it comes to matters of mm -hmm. the heart outside of her relationship with Dean I think once Lorelai saw that like Rory was going to yeah. make her own choices when it came to men. I think she's kind of like, look, you've got all the tools at your disposal. You've all your feelings lined up. If you want to be with this guy, be with him. And if you don't, don't, you know? And I think that that letter, as much as like it didn't surface until like long after the series was over, is kind of indicative of how their relationship grew after the split between the two of them, where Lorelai's like, look, I can't force you to do anything clearly. So... Yeah. You're going to make the choices you make. You're a grown woman. You love this boy. Give it a chance. Yeah. What do you think it was about that moment between Lorelai and Logan that like made her write a letter like I that? I would venture to say it's because as much as she doesn't want to, she might see a lot of herself in him or a lot of Christopher in him. Well, that is what, that's exactly what Logan says. He says, we're not so different, you and yeah. I in that moment and I'm like you guys are so similar yeah. like if you would just sit down and compare your which is what we learned from Lorelai when Mitchum comes in and yells at him I think she really gets a lot of sympathy for him it's after this moment I wrote that down that's actually for me like one of my favorite moments between the two of them as well and it's not even really between the two of them it's just where Lorelai starts to see Logan yeah well they have that brief moment afterwards yeah. where she's like if anyone understands disappointing family for sure but yeah. it's so, so oh. brief. It's not like like this long drawn out thing. It's just, it's very simple. And, you know, if you catch it, you catch it. Because that's the connection between the two of them. That's where she really starts to see him. Yeah. 
when he ultimately does go to Stars Hollow and they have that conversation in the kitchen, I don't really believe that. Yeah. I don't believe any of that, like, conflict that was going on there. So, like, I always look back to, like, that moment. Like, they don't interact a lot, but... Do you have a least favorite moment between Logan and Lorelai? Um... No, because when Logan's on the screen, I love it. I probably, if I had to pick, it would be from season seven when he asks her for Rory's hand in marriage and that like Lorelai, Lorelai, I hate that because they have so few moments together that like when he calls the house and a house is not a home and she's like, your father did enough, Logan. Like, I guess like I could say that like, I don't like the way they interact, but like, you know, I love the conflict. So like it's, if I had to pick, it would be the Lorelai, Lorelai. Well, that's kind of how I feel about Jess and Lorelai. It's like, I have moments where I'm like, this is my favorite. This is my least favorite. But even in my least favorite moments, I'm like, oh, but I kind of love it. You know, like my, I would say that my favorite Jess Lorelai interaction from like an endearing Chinese food standpoint is in Lost and Found when they're eating Chinese food in the kitchen. And she's really, really trying in that moment. I don't think overall she's trying to like endear herself to him, but I think she's trying in that moment to connect with him. I also kind of feel the same way about him arriving at the house in Face Off when he's looking for Rory and she's gone to the hockey game. And oh she's God, trying to give him... That's my favorite moment between the two Yeah, of them. when she's like trying to give him yeah. advice. But it's like, I don't love the circumstances. I do love the moment, yeah. you know? Because they're like... I would also say that there aren't as many Jess, Lorelai moments when Jess and Rory are dating as I would necessarily That's like true. to see. Or at least any that they kind of connect on. Because like Dean and Lorelai and Rory were dating a lot more totally. than like <laughs> Jess and Rory were. Because like they have their movie nights. They watch Almost Famous and Saturday Night Fever and all of these movies together. But they're not saying they're doing movie nights with Lorelai in the same way that Dean was always, you know, he explained to Max Medina like how they operate. How yeah. they operate. And like, we're not seeing that as much with Jess and definitely not with right. Logan. So, like, the moments that we're getting between these two sets of characters are really oftentimes inflammatory, mm-hmm. which oh, for I sure. Love, it but... lends so well to the story. But you're right. We see so much more between Dean and Lorelai than I think we do between any of Rory's boyfriends and Lorelai yeah. because <laughs> they were all dating. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right. perfect way of phrasing it no it's just yeah was so much more interwoven into the fabric of their lives whereas like yeah Rory knew that Lorelai and Jess didn't get along yeah so because like I would say my like least favorite Dean and Lorelai moment immediately comes to mind is obviously Donna Reed like when they're like he's like explaining because it's a, it's when they're all three dating um I say that and I'm like I could think of like 10 more of these favorite moments with Dean, Dean and Lorelai one of my like this is gonna sound so cringy but I love when she gives him the letter yeah in a messenger nothing more which is the name of that episode is because she says she's a messenger nothing more yeah. and that's um, really like the last time they interact on the series yeah because he no it's not Oh, you're right. You're totally right. Then they go on to date. Which is my actual least favorite episode of season five. And it's pretty low down there, which is... You've got us a pippy virgin. That episode and every interaction between Dean and Lorelai and Logan and Luke. Not Logan and Luke. That was a slip up. And Dean and Lorelai and Rory and Luke is... Like that whole episode. I could, I think that that episode is probably like in my like bottom. I completely agree. Excluding season seven. Yes. It's, it's one of the cringiest episodes for me because it's like, uh, 
what is happening and here? Like, I know a lot of people like it because it feels like a return to the town in a way that season five doesn't really have as much because Rory's more at college. Right. But I think it's a return to the town in like the cringiest way possible. Like, yeah. uh, bop it comes oh, out. When the bop it comes it out, just... it's just, I love though when Rory says to Luke, like, we had to pull out the bop it for you, Luke. You made us pull out the bop it. It was not a good time for Luke and Dean either. No, because Luke knew how much Dean still carried a torch for Rory and still married somebody else yeah. anyway and then oh but it is my least favorite for that but also because logan wasn't in it either logan moments are always my i favorite. know they are <laughs> um on the flip side of that i'd say that my favorite lorelei dean moment is in back in the saddle again when she comes home and he's washing her car yeah and she sits him down and she's like hey man listen yeah because i feel like that's really I wrote that down, but I forgot about it's, it. It's one of the first times that I think Lorelai sees how much Dean is suffocating her. And she's yeah. like, look, I know how you feel, but you have to take a step back. And I thought that that was also one of the first moments in season two where it didn't really have anything to do with Jess yet. At the end of that episode is when she comes home and he's sitting on the porch and he says she likes Jess, doesn't she? So we know that it's oh, going there. But at this moment, it's not about Jess. At this moment, it's that Rory is doing her own thing. She's at school and Dean is just completely smothering her. And Lorelai is starting to really see the big picture and she's not in denial about it. She's like, honey, you have to stop. Because earlier in that episode, she like makes little quips being like, Rory, you got to stop giving him that magic love potion of yours. Like she like is making <laughs> jokes about it. But in all seriousness, yeah. like that is really, really bothersome that this kid, he's a kid. He's 16, 17. He doesn't, you know, totally know boundaries clearly. But like... Tara, are you are you defending Dean? Not at all. He does has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> but like he all the same, like, I think that Lorelai is like, look, I know you're young. I know you have a lot to learn. Yeah. But you need to stop calling my house. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a self-preservational instinct. Yeah. So that to me is one of my favorite moments between the two of them because she's genuinely giving him advice that has nothing to do with her denial of Rory's feelings for Jess. On the flip side of that, one of my least favorite moments between Dean and Lorelai is at the end of There's the Rub when she comes outside of Luke's diner and Rory's inside paying and she has learned that Jess came over on his own accord and they're flirting at the counter and Dean is staring yeah. at it through the window and Lorelai comes over and she's like, she had nothing to do with Jess coming over last night. She feels horrible about what happened last night. Like Dean goes, Rory wouldn't lie, right? And they're staring at her through the window and she goes, no, Rory wouldn't lie. And I'm just like, uh, okay, delusional party of two. Lorelai, she lies to you all the time. <laughs> exactly. Can I point out one of my favorite things about this series is the amount of times that people stare through the window at other people. Oh my God. Like, I have a list of favorites of them because it, it happens so many times like this this dramatic moment of one person's inside one person's outside and there is a moment between them or there is a moment that's only on one side mm -hmm. that they are staring through the window at each other because for some reason the window means that they are not obligated to acknowledge each other well there are a lot of those moments that I feel like yeah I could like rank back and forth from like faves least faves like breakups yeah. moments looking through the window you know seasons. seasons which we did recently on our tiktok we revealed some of our least faves and episodes faves. Um, duos collaborations musical moments and we do not feel the same way total different all. ends of the spectrum except for one of them one of them i don't remember what it is but save that because i think we'll have more to say on that in the next episode
Thanks for listening. If you want more to listen to, here's a preview of Gilmore Revisited, our recap podcast only available at patreon.com slash Gilmore to say. That is our intro yeah. to who we come to know as Dean. Yes. Now, everybody knows that we are sort of like the she-woman Dean hating club here, <laughs> um, but I... Yeah love Jared Padalecki as Dean. I love him. He's so good. And especially watching up against Nathan Weatherington. This is not a slight towards this dude, but it was just not it. Yeah, this wasn't in the cards for him. It's the same way that we love Melissa McCarthy. And it's not a testament to who Alex Borstein is as an actress. It's just that Melissa McCarthy is Suki. Jared Padalecki is Dean. But I did some research into Nathan Weatherington. Okay. Because I wanted to know who this man was. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Well, well, you're about to say poor guy a couple more times. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. I found an Entertainment Weekly article from 2018 interviewing him. Okay. Maybe because like the unaired pilots started circulating and they were like, wait, there was another Dean? So here are the spark notes. Filming that pilot was his first professional gig. Okay. Same with Alexis. Yep. He said he felt very uncomfortable in his own skin that day. And if you watch the unaired pilot scene between the only scene between the two of them, which is the hallway scene with the Lori hallway dropping scene. Her stuff. Yep, yeah. You can totally tell that he's uncomfortable. So here is the tea. Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to say podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now, as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community and access bonus episodes every month.